So welcome to this uh, next podcast in the Notes on Neuromuscular series. I am here today with um, Hayley Ramjatta, who is going to introduce herself in a minute. Uh, my name is Anna Mayhew. I'm a physiotherapist in Newcastle at the John Walton. Um, and today we are here to talk about congenital myasthenia syndrome, uh, which Hayley is going to tell us more about after she has introduced herself. Over to you, Hayley. Hey, hi, thanks, Anna. Uh, yeah, so my name's Hayley Ramjatton, and I'm a neuromuscular physio in, uh, in Oxford. I work in the National uh, CMS service in Oxford uh, alongside Professor Pallis and the wider team there. Excellent, great. Well, lovely to have you with us. Uh, so I think one of the first questions for you is, um, what is CMS and its main symptoms? Because this podcast is uh, going to be made available for those who maybe have a diagnosis of CMS, but also we want it to be useful to physiotherapists, both, both in specialist clinics and in the community. So perhaps you could kick off with what is CMS <laughs> and its main symptoms? That's an absolutely fantastic question. I think most people get confused between congenital myasthenic syndromes and myasthenia gravis, which are two slightly different versions. Um, okay. So CMS is obviously the congenital version of it. It's a genetic fault and it leads to, it's a fault at the neuromuscular junction. So that's where the nerve and the muscle talk to each other. Um, and as a result of this fault, you it leads to exercise induced muscle weakness. So the more yep. active you are and as you move your muscles, they gradually, that message that comes across that junction gradually fatigues over time, and then you see that muscle weakness over time. Um, it can affect a whole range of different parts of your body, um, okay. going from your sort of skeletal muscles, so your muscles that help you to walk, move your arm, brush your hair, um, right through to sort of face muscles, so eye muscles, um, or breathing muscles, or swallowing. It's also, it also can be uh, an incredibly variable condition, so um, not only in an individual, so where you can see change hour to hour, uh, day to day, but also across the spectrum. So that it's a, because we call it a syndrome, there's about 30 different types. And you oh, can wow. see from somebody who almost wouldn't look like they have any weakness at all, yep. right through to maybe droopy eyelids or somebody who's on a ventilator using a wheelchair. So it's incredibly variable. Um, and so when you are seeing somebody with CMS, it's really just about kind of looking at what's who's in front of you um, and treating what you see. OK, so you mentioned there's something about facial symptoms, which is another big part of this, uh, isn't it? Yes. Along, uh, so, again, the, the weakness affects muscles that you don't think about. They're not walking muscles, but they're keeping your eyes open muscles and making shapes with your mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, muscles used for swallowing muscles used for yes keeping your eyes open actually eye movement as well can be affected yeah. by this condition yeah yeah so I think we've got the impression there Hayley it is variable um and so if you are a physiotherapist you you may come across two very different looking patients you may you may only ever come across one um but that's not necessarily representative of, of everybody in the mix so for these individuals with cms we'll use that abbreviation uh throughout this podcast to make life a little bit easier so where is it that individuals with cms can get the best care and why 
So there are there are specialist centres around around the UK, um, and Oxford would be sort of one of the key centres for that. Um, the specialist centre will host a team of a multidisciplinary team. So where you have medics, so consultants, perhaps neurologists, physios, nurses, um, all because it's such a rare condition that team is sort of much more skilled in looking after these patients. Um, yeah. And so they're able to offer that kind of specialist support, which then perhaps might feed out into your community teams, perhaps to a community therapist, personal trainer, et cetera, education. Um, so you're, you're, you really, if you do have it, you'd like to be under a specialist team. Um, you may, as an adult, be under a local neurologist who seeks that okay. guidance from the specialist team. Okay, and so you've said there's a centre in Oxford, we're also a centre in Newcastle, there's one in London, do we know of any other centres? Uh, yeah, so Oswald Street in Birmingham as well, there's uh, centres there, um, and then yes, in London there are sort of adults and children's centres um, okay. in the UK. Brilliant, brilliant. So it makes it very important to be in the specialist centre, and, and of course that kind of leads on to my next question, is that are there treatments or CMS? Uh, in short, yes, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very simple answer. Um, so we don't have any cures for CMS, okay. but we can treat it. And the way that we treat it is through medication. Yeah. Um, so we have a, a variety of, of medications that the consultants might use. And again, it would be important to understand that they work in slightly different ways. Uh, some work very quickly and rapidly in a few, you know, 30 minutes or so and some take sort of several weeks or months to work in your system. Um, one of the other key things for treating CMS, which I obviously bang a drum about, is exercise. Um, so Yay. People can often, yeah, people can often get quite scared about exercising because as we mentioned at the top, it's exercise to induce muscle weakness, um, yeah. but actually a graded uh, paced exercise is safe and should be encouraged in people with CMS. Okay, so that can be another important part of, of treatment and, and uh, making the most of things. So what, what's your role in the specialist uh, centre, Hayley? What, what do you get up to? So, I mean, I just I bang a drum a lot about exercise. It's, a, it's quite <laughs> a, a niche thing. I think in a team of medics, um, you know, you have, to, you have to have quite a loud voice to talk about that. Um, yeah. But really, my role is to to assess these patients. So um, in Oxford, we see our patients, I think the same as in Newcastle. They might come back every six months or annually to see us. So it's a really yeah. good way of us managing their change over time. We'll be doing assessments with them, maybe some very targeted outcome measures, um, yeah. plus your barrage of physio assessments. And I give out advice on sort of exercise and pacing and education, um, depending on who's in front of you. Um, we kind of look at the whole kind of kit and caboodle and we might give some advice for activities for a four-year-old right through to, you know, how you can set your intensity and your fitness level in a gym for perhaps somebody who's a bit more active. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like a fun, uh, fun clinic. Um, I know sometimes these individuals have respiratory issues. Uh, do, do they see that team when they come to you or is that done elsewhere? Yeah, so we would assess that here um, in Oxford. So um, if you come to clinic, you might find that I get you to blow into a, an odd little filter uh, and record it on a screen. And that helps me look at your, uh, your lung capacity and the strength yeah. of your breathing muscles. If that was a concern for us, 
we would actually be referring you on to your local respiratory team. They're often based in a tertiary centre. Um, yep. Because again, because we see patients nationally, uh, we can't manage their respiratory care if they, for example, live in Liverpool or Aberdeen. Um, and so we do kind of refer to the local teams there. Excellent. OK, so that's another part of your role is referring to the right local teams uh, as well. So you mentioned something about assessments and it sounds like there are assessments that involve um, some quite specialist things that we're maybe not used to assessing. Uh, where can therapists find information about assessments to be done? And the, the assessments that you do in clinic, are they the same assessments that are done by the community? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a great question. There are there are some assessments that we use in clinic that are standardized for people with mycenia gravis, which is the autoimmune version. And okay. so we are using those within our clinics for patients with congenital mycenia. We've done um, a few videos and we've actually put some uh, documents of those assessments on OpenTACT, which you okay. should be able to have access to. Uh, just log in and get, get your request. Um, but actually those assessments are quite specialist and we would be doing those in clinic. Um, in patients with CMS, unlike myasthenia gravis, they don't tend to fluctuate a huge amount. So there actually isn't a need to do those assessments more frequently than we do them in our specialist centres. Okay. Um, what might be useful for community therapists or local therapists or even the patients themselves is to know what, what assessments they might be able to do themselves at home. So one of the things that we do, which I think is on open tact, is the sit to stand in a minute. It's a really nice way of just plotting the strength of your legs and your 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 fatigability of your legs. Okay. Um, or keeping something like a diary. A diary is a really lovely way of plotting if you're changing. So as we said, it's quite variable. It can change. Yep. And it's quite nice to see if you've done exercise today. How does that fare tomorrow? Do you need to pace that a little bit better? Um, yeah. so those, are, those are nice things that community therapists or patients can do um, outside of our clinic. Excellent. Excellent. So if you are interested in the specialist assessments, that's opentact.net. Um, and if you're uh, an individual with CMS, keeping a diary is a really good idea about what you're able to do. And perhaps using the sit to stand test for community staff. Do you advise on activity monitors at all, these uh, watches and smart watches and things, Haley, at all? Um, so we do have some patients that will use their smart watch and they use it to, especially if we are trying to get their activity levels up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but we actually would always couple that alongside education of understanding their symptoms of CMS. So you might find that if you are being active and you've perhaps overdone it, your eyelids might be a bit more droopy, your okay. speech might be a little bit more slurred, or you might notice other things. And so we do a lot of education alongside that, not to just rely on how many steps a watch is telling you that you've done, yes. but actually what your body's telling you, you may have overdone it or how to pace it. Excellent. I think that's really important because there are obviously key things that uh, individuals can do, but that having the advice and support of a therapist to use things like activity watches, and as you say, put those hand in hand with symptoms. So tell us a little bit more then what the role of the community team is. Yeah, so our community team are absolutely essential uh, in management of these patients, and we, we try to work very closely with them. 
they're there really to support in the local settings. They will understand what's available to our patients far better than I will. Um, so they are there to support through education. That might be uh, going into a school, for example, or supporting somebody uh, in a workplace with their colleagues understanding how CMS affects them. Um, they're there to perhaps set up maybe some targeted programs. So, you know, if we really, if somebody's getting, you know, back pain perhaps because they're getting weak yeah. and they're standing awkwardly, could we do some core work and perhaps investing in that? Um, they could be incredibly useful for people who are perhaps a bit scared or don't know how to push themselves to be a bit stronger um, yeah. in kind of grading that exercise and keeping that on track and, you know, pushing those goals forward. Um, so the community team might be a community physio, but it might also be a personal trainer. Um, and we, we do link in with personal trainers and I often find that most uh, professionals that I speak to, be it physios or PTs, once they understand what CMS is, once yes. they understand how it affects somebody and how to manage it, they actually come up with some wonderful ideas, far better than I do, yeah, yeah. of how to, how to progress those exercises. So it's just about really kind of finding your, your remit of how to do that. Excellent, that, that sounds good. Is there a, um, a role for the occupational therapist in CMS? Mm, absolutely, yeah. So an OT can be super useful. As, as we say that, you know, CMS is affected by sort of fatigue, um, OTs are wonderful at pacing activities and looking at, you know, the role of an OT is to facilitate your independence in an environment. And if yep. fatigue is affecting your ability to access that environment, they're absolutely fantastic at being able to bring that environment to you. So they play kind of a central role in supporting pacing, adaptations maybe at home, school, the workplace to allow that independence. Um, and they're also very uh, key in us thinking about our postural management. So yes. one thing that we do see from time to time where people, you know, CMS can make your head very weak and floppy. Um, right. And you might see somebody, you know, prop, we see it a lot in clinics, propping, you know, one hand under their chin on the arm, arm of a chair. Um, and that's fine if you're doing it occasionally, but over a longer period of time or in a teenager who's growing, that can lead to asymmetry. So okay. them intervening with good postural management, pacing, adaptations, they, they could be super key. Um, and another area that could be helpful for them, uh, for our patients, is in school. So again, yes. if you think about if you've got, say, droopy eyelids and how you're looking at a whiteboard, making sure that you're in the best position so you're not having to do lots of eye lifting, neck extension. And um, so again, that education around, you know, accessing the environment in the best way possible. Um, Hayley, that, that's excellent. I think I've got a better understanding uh, of what's going on here, but maybe we could just do a, a brief recap on what the role of the specialist team is, um, uh, and particularly your role, and what the role of the community team is. Absolutely. So a specialist team uh, would be perhaps your tertiary centre or your national centre. Those are your specialist consultants, your specialist physios, so say myself or, or your team in Newcastle. And they would be looking at diagnosing patients, advising on their treatment um, and uh, modifications to that treatment. And then sort of a hub and spoke model, really kind of we sort of sit in the middle and we would drop out to the community teams and offer advice on how to adapt things. And it's a two way street. Those community teams can come back to us with questions if they don't understand. And we'll absolutely give them that, that, that education and that time to understand. 
And then in your community, you might have your physio who would do your specialist assessment and your advice and your education locally. And they're yeah. also a really fantastic source for local knowledge. You know, where's the local swimming pool? Uh, what, where's the local gym or how can you access school? Um, and then you've got your wider community teams for so your occupational therapists. You might be under a speech therapist, especially if you have some vulva problems. You might be under a local um, uh, eye doctor for, you know, yeah. for your eye management. You might be under a personal trainer. So it's a wide sort of community team. Um, and they would look at things like pacing activities, exercise or their speciality of treatment. And again, it's a two way street of us giving them kind of guidance on how we're seeing our patients change, but also answering those questions for them. So if you do see a community therapist and you feel, you know, might be that they don't perhaps understand or it's because it's such a rare condition, you know, yeah, until I worked absolutely. in this job, I didn't know what CMS was, <laughs> um, if I'm honest, I do very much now, but you know, it's, it's not, it would be unusual for you to meet a community physio and them know what CMS is straight out. Exactly. So yeah, absolutely, okay. they can come and talk to us. They can listen to this podcast. They can look at the stuff on opentac.net. Um, and we're absolutely there to kind of help educate and inform that going forward. Brilliant. That That's really helpful. Um, if if somebody has been newly diagnosed with CMS and maybe that's a, a child, um, what would your key advice be to the family? Keep them active. <laughs> that sounds like such a physio. It's not, you know, we uh, we love activity. I hate exercise. Um, and in children, activity is really key. It really is yeah. important. So activity is good. It's safe. It's beneficial. Um, CMS is treatable. We yeah. can't cure it, but we can treat it. And in that bag of treatments are our medications and, and we, you know, the doctors titrate and play around with those. But also within that is keeping your child active. Um, you can have a problem at your neuromuscular junction, but we can limit the deconditioning that happens at the muscle as much as possible. And that can Excellent. have a really positive effect. Excellent. That, that's great. So um, if, if that family were looking for some more support, where would they go, Hayley? So there's quite a bit of support out there. There is a national UK charity called MyAware, um, which is myaware.org. Um, and it's actually, I think the, the main body of their um, people that access it have myasthenia gravis. Um, okay. But actually, they do they do have a sort of subset for CMS, and they've got lots of fantastic information on there, including a diary if you want to use their diary Excellent. to download. Um, and they have information around drugs and anaesthetics, what to avoid, applications for PIP, ELA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, there's also some fantastic booklets. There's a newly launched booklet on fatigue management that's by Muscular Dystrophy UK. Um, you can access that, I believe, through their website, launched just last month. And that mm -hmm. is um, a really lovely resource that's basically aimed at both patients and their clinicians, being able yeah. to talk about fatigue and that we understand that fatigue is multifactorial, right? It isn't just muscle weakness from a neuromuscular junction. It's your health, it's your diet, it's your mental health. Um, and it's yeah. a really lovely resource. So I'd encourage people to you know, perhaps pull that out and have a chat with their local therapist through that if they think that's relevant. Um, we've also done some Pilates exercises. I did it with our team down in London, which are available on, on YouTube. And those are specifically for people with neuromuscular weakness. 
So again, if you're seeing your physio, ask them. They should be able yep. to direct you to them. They're free uh, and they're very targeted at that kind of level of activity. Um, and then lastly, if you go on OpenTax, opentax.net, uh, you're going to be able to find, hopefully this podcast, you'll be able to find some <laughs> exercise, uh, some, some sheets on there of how to assess your patients and some very terrible videos of me trying to show you how to do that, which hopefully will be beautifully edited. Um, so there's a raft of resources out there for you. Um, if in doubt, reach out to us and we're really happy to help and educate and advise. That's uh, that's absolutely uh, wonderful, Hayley. I think I've learned about some new resources uh, that are available um, there for uh, th those that we see in Newcastle. So thank you so much for your time and all of that useful information. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing these terrible videos because I don't believe you at all. Because <laughs> uh, I bet they're fantastic. Uh, I know that the Pilates videos are uh, excellent and very clear, and they're not all about those that. Are just uh, standing. Uh, there are seated exercises as well for those where, where standing is difficult. So thank you so much for your time today. Um, and uh, I'll see you soon, Hayley. Take thank care. You. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.